This morning we're in Luke chapter 2, and the title of this morning's message is Joyous. Just one simple word, it's joyous. And that's one thing that I can say this time that we're in, um, that can be kind of like sapped out of the celebration. <laughs> um, I heard someone say that um, Christmas feels like a, like a goal, like we, we get to Christmas and then we, uh, we finish off Christmas, we get to the 26th and we, have, we take this deep breath like, a, <sighs> it's done, right? It shouldn't be that way. It really shouldn't. It, it should be this, this, this exhale, but it's more of like, wow, they, that came and went so fast. But you know what? Today uh, is a new day. And the Bible tells us that God's mercies are new every day. And all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Truly, all things work for good. And we need to take that into consideration. So this morning, Merry Christmas. Today's the day in which we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's Christmas Day. And, and, um, but I know that Christmas can be experienced and approached differently, depending on our present circumstances that we find ourselves in. And that's true, right? You're probably thinking of, of that right now. Yes, all of us approach Christmas in a different way. But this season can be genuinely joyous and peaceful. And listen to this, depending on what your focus is on. It all depends on that. Your perspective is of great importance. Perhaps Christmas is not expressed in the same way, but joyous and peaceful nonetheless because of who your center of interest. That's what focuses is who is your center of interest. And so it all depends on what your center of interest is and where you place your trust and hope. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. The Apostle Paul knew very well what it was to experience difficulties in his life. He was beaten, imprisoned, left for dead. Uh, He was just shipwrecked, Um, all kinds of things. He was accused falsely. So if anyone would know what it it meant to be uh, joyous and have hope, it would be him. And he wrote to the Philippians in 3, 13 and 14. He says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. In other words, I've arrived. You know, no one here should feel like, oh, I've arrived. I know everything that there needs to be known and I've got it all figured out. But, but he even says at this, at this point, he says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Would you like to sometimes forget what lies behind? He says, hey, forget what lies behind. He says, in straining forward, That means yearning, desiring, reaching for what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That was his focus. That that was what he would put his complete trust in. And reaching forward, reaching, straining toward that prize, that upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, the writer of Hebrews wrote this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight. Now, sometimes we focus on the sin. Let us lay aside every sin. Well, the word that comes before that is the weight, a weight, right? 
Let us uh, lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, again, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he is our example, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So we, as we look to Jesus, we, we don't know, just look at the hope that stands before us, but we also see the perfect example of what we should exemplify in our own lives. What did he focus on? He focused on the Father. Who should we focus on? The Father in his gift in Christ Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, the Lord Jesus said this, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The the way of the Lord can be easy and light. Why? Because we cast all our burdens upon him. For he says, as the apostle Peter writes in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. You may have come in this morning with anxieties, with stresses, with concerns of life. Let me tell you that God cares for you so much that He cares about all the details in your lives. And what He gives you in exchange for all those things that you give to Him is grace, is mercy, is strength, is compassion, all those things. What an exchange, right? And how do we cast all of our anxieties on Jesus? Well, in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, a couple of my favorite verses says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's how we do it. And as we pray, as we give Him all these things, He takes them upon Himself, And then because we trust him to work things out, he gives us this peace, which surpasses all understanding. We try and figure it out, and we shouldn't do that. Just say, you know what? It's in your hands, Lord. It's all up to you. And that gift that he gives us in him is peace. It's peace. And And I hope and I pray that this Christmas that you truly know that peace, that you truly understand the gift that God has given to us, in his son. God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The word tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But in prayer, you give it up to God and you leave it up to God. So many times we pray, we give it up to the Lord and then we take it back, don't we? No, what we need to do is give it up to God and leave it up to God. Leave it up to Him. We work alongside with Him. We are um, partners with Him in this life in doing the things which please Him. But by the way, they also are a blessing to each and every one of us. So if you trust Him, then you will have faith that He will work things out somehow. And by the way, it may not be what you had in mind. You may think about this year. Some of the the things that happened in my life... (laughs) weren't what I had in mind, Lord. You know, they didn't go according to my plans. But our faith doesn't depend on whether things work out the way we had planned. 
but rather our faith is a trust in God no matter what happens. He is still sovereign. He's still on the throne. One day we will know just as we are known, as it says in 1 Corinthians 13. But until then, we need to just receive him and his plans and his will for our lives and trust that he has our best interest at heart. If you truly trust the Lord in, in that manner, and today Christmas is just, it's wonderful. It truly can be joyous. If this is the case with you, then Christmas and every day is a day in which we can rest in Christ. That's the best gift that we can have. Let me tell you that by the end of this message, by the end of this morning, together, I'm going to present you with a, a gift that not only will impact you today and make Christmas mean something completely different for you, like it did for me years ago. I, I, I remember I used to celebrate Christmas quite differently. It was all about the social gathering, coming together with, uh, with family, and, um, and, and I, had, I have a big, huge family. And it was all about that. It was like the, the gifts were truly, they were secondary. But it was all about the family. And let me tell you that that is still valuable. That is still precious. That is still something amazing when we come together as a family. But after I came to Christ, it completely took a turn for the better to where I finally understood and realized what this day truly meant. And I could celebrate it every day. January 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, all the way through to December 31st. I could celebrate the gift in Christ and he gave me eternal life as I surrendered my life to him. And, and I pray that by the end of the, the, this morning, that if you have not known, if you have not come to know that gift, that today be the day of salvation for you. So today we're celebrating the Savior. Jesus Christ. Today is a day in which we celebrate his birth. So let's read in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her first son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the end. We'll stop there. Let's pause for a moment and pray. Father, we want to commit this time into your hands, Lord, asking for your blessing, for you to help us to consider what it was that happened on this day a little over 2,000 years ago. Lord, this isn't just another day that we can come together and take the day off and enjoy a day of relaxation. Lord, it's a day that is a true celebration. <clears throat> of how it was that Emmanuel, God with us, came to this earth and through him offered salvation to all mankind. 
I ask, Lord, that you would help us to focus on you. Help us to truly celebrate this day and be joyous and have that peace which surpasses all understanding. Speak to us this morning, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, just in reading that, this is the account of the first Christmas. Let me ask you this. Um, Perhaps, like I said before, this year, like certain things didn't happen the way you thought they, they should have happened. Right? It's not what you had in mind. But God truly is working some things out in amazing ways. If we just but pay attention, right? If we do trust in him. Now, let me ask you this. Was, was this a good time for um, Caesar Augustus to uh, proclaim this, uh, this census to take place? Was it a good time? No, of course not, right? Absolutely not. Now, the Roman government had ordered a census to take place, and it forced Joseph and Mary to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Now, this wasn't just around the corner. This was quite a ways off. And at this point, Mary was a little pregnant. No, she was very pregnant, right? She was very pregnant. She was, she was just ready at that point. Now, ladies, you know that you who have been with child... You know, that this is not the, point, the time to be traveling, right? Um, there are things going on to where it's like, hey, you may have had a decent time throughout your pregnancy, but at this point, hey, the, the last portion of pregnancy, I know as, as husbands, you know, you experience this too. <laughs> you know what the last month holds, right? And this was not a good time. Like I said, Bethlehem was not close. It was 69 miles away. And it's not like they traveled by bullet train or even a Greyhound bus or a little helo ride, you know, into Bethlehem. It was on horseback or a donkey. You know, here, here we come, you know, 69 miles away. Hey, this wasn't, this wasn't what we had planned here. But they didn't have an option, so they traveled. And when they arrived there... There were so many people in the area, in Bethlehem, they got there too late. There was no room in the hotels. They were all booked up. And where'd they push them out to? Well, they pushed them out to where the animals were, the barn, basically. And that's where Jesus was born. But talk about everything seeming to go wrong. Seeming to go wrong. That's why I'm telling you, consider, look at life through the, the lens of the Lord. If all things truly work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose, then as, as Job said to his wife, are we going to receive good and not evil? In other words, the, the good and, and not the bad, you know, knowing and trusting that the Lord does work all things out in our lives? It seems to go wrong. But if we just pay attention, God is working things out in our lives. Sometimes to get our attention. You know, He kind of he puts us on our back so that we could look up and consider who He is. And He's reaching out and He's saying, here's my Son. He's the ultimate gift for you. 
And sometimes we ignore and we push away. Nonetheless, he's still working that out in your life. And he does it over. I know he pursued me over and over and over and over again until I paid attention. Sometimes we don't understand that he's refining us, working in us. Strength, trust in him, faith, refining us. We just continue to trust in him and have hope. He's working all of those things out in our lives. But check this out. What's, what was seeming to go wrong, this is what happened. Because prophecies were fulfilled because of how things took place. In Isaiah 7.14, the, there was a virgin birth. If there was no virgin birth, then he's not the Savior. This happened. This was prophesied by the, by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 7.14. It was the virgin birth. Isaiah 7.14 also, he was called Emmanuel. That means God with us. Genesis 49.10, Messiah would come from the tribe of Judah. He indeed came from the tribe of Judah. Jeremiah 23.5, Messiah would be the descendant of King David. He truly was. So I ask you, what is God divinely doing in your life when everything seems to be going wrong? Because he is. When things perhaps are so busy, in the midst of it, he's still doing a work in your life. Draw near to the Lord. Hear that still small voice. He's speaking to you in the midst of life. Rome had posthumously considered Julius Caesar to be divine. Why Why is this important? Why? Because it was Caesar Augustus that was his nephew. And he took such an interest in him that he became the heir of the throne of Rome. And and this Caesar Augustus, because Julius Caesar, his his uncle, had had been considered to be divine. That means he he was... considered to be a god. Caesar Augustus therefore claimed to be the son of God. And it's interesting how the man who claimed to be the son of God and being the king of Rome gave an official order that caused the word of God to be fulfilled and brought the one and only son of God and the king of kings to be born where the prophet said he would be born in Bethlehem. What seems to be going wrong? Actually, everything was going right. Everything. And what did heaven proclaim at this time? What was heaven's focus on? Verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, we realize the whole scene. This was happening in Bethlehem. And out in that region, out in the fields, there were these shepherds who were tending to their flocks. 
The city was busting at the seams. But there were people who were still working, who were still doing what they needed to do. And at the same time, heaven was speaking. What was heaven saying? You know, wouldn't you have great fear if there was a light, that great light that shone around you? This is the glory of God. Came upon you. You were out in the field. You were out in no, like, no man's land. And there was this light that shone around you. And then this angel appeared. Who, who wouldn't be scared? I'd be like, what? What, what is this? Right? It's pretty amazing. But this is what heaven was saying. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Verse 10. It, it's, for, it's for everyone. Not just for some, but it's for all people. Are you fearing something, anything? Do you have any anxiety, any stress about anything? Well, the fact of the matter is that we have Emmanuel, God with us. He has been presented to us. He's been given to us. And through him, we can truly have that peace which surpasses all understanding. Heaven says, don't fear. Trust. Listen closely because this is good. This is what heaven is proclaiming. This is what we need to focus on right here. The angel has brought some good news of great joy. He didn't say, ah, I consider your circumstances. I understand that you could be like really stressed out right now. Hey, you have every right to be. I, I, I understand your loss. I understand this. I understand that. No. He simply said, this is the answer to everything right here. This is good news of great joy. Period. In fact, exclamation point. This is it. This is great joy. This is above normal. This is, this is above average. It's intense and better than any other news you've ever heard and will ever hear. You know, we, we hear good news all the time. Well, sometimes. But when we hear that good news, it's like, oh, if we want to hear it, like we're, we're listening intently, right? Closely. I want to hear this. What, what do you have to say to me? We want to hear. Well, this is good news of great joy. This is the best thing that you'll ever hear. And this good news is for all people. I remind you of that. doesn't matter if you think you're good or bad, big or small, old or young, black, white, brown, yellow, red, it doesn't really matter how it is that you would like to distinguish yourself. This is for all people. It doesn't matter if you're young. I can tell you that God can open the ears of anyone. You're, you're not here by chance. You're here divinely also to hear the good news of great joy. And what's the good news of great joy? Well, for unto you. He didn't say for anyone else or for a specific group or, or anyone. The Lord is very clear in telling us, Hey, listen, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And the angel told the shepherds how they would find the Savior who is Christ the Lord to give them further evidence that what he was saying was true. A true prophet, what he says will come to pass. Here's this angel that was given this to pass along to the shepherds. Hey, go.
go find him. And you're going to find him in this manner. That gave them further proof that what he said was true. And heaven opened up, and the shepherds saw a multitude of, a, of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The birth of Jesus is a joy to those with whom he is pleased. And on earth there is peace among those with whom he is pleased. It's not the Christmas season that brings joy, although I love the Christmas season itself. Not the cool, crisp weather, which we've had that, actually. Not the snow for skiing or for snowboarding. Not the food and gatherings. Not even the music that we hear, which sometimes we turn on in August. It's none of that. But rather, it comes down to one thing. Belief. That's what it comes down to, is is belief. That Jesus is the Son of God, born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, died for our sins, resurrected from the grave on the third day, and ascended to the right hand of the Father, and today intercedes for you and I. It's belief. True belief. Genuine belief. Sincere belief. Not just acknowledging. Yeah, I acknowledge but it's a sincere belief. We believe that Jesus is who he said he was and is. And therefore, there can be peace and joy on earth among those people that believe in Jesus Christ. God is pleased with his son. After Jesus was baptized, and the Spirit of God descended on him like a dove and came to rest on him, it says, And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Whose voice was that? That was the voice of the Father. So he's pleased with his son. His son is the only man who walked this earth perfectly, who died for your sins, past, present, and future. In him, we are covered in Christ. And when God sees us, he sees his son's righteousness. Not ours, because we have no righteousness in and of ourselves. So in Christ, he's well pleased with us. Because we have been forgiven, past, present, and future. In Christ, we are truly saved and sealed for the day of redemption. When we believe that in Christ we are forgiven, saved, and sealed for heaven, we are indeed in Christ. And therefore, when God again sees us, he sees his son. That's very important to understand. And because we have been reconciled to God through the forgiveness of our sins, we can know truly a peace which surpasses all understanding. As I quoted at the very beginning, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And truly rejoice in the hope of heaven in Christ Jesus. That's why I, I, couldn't, I couldn't pass this morning without not only, hey, you know, we could, we could come up, we could sing some, and by the way, all these songs... They are truly worship songs. If you, if, you, if you listen to the words as you sung them, they're worship songs. We're singing of his glory, of his birth. It's amazing. Even that song, I, you know, Winter Snow, I was thinking of, have, you, have any of you ever been um, in the midst of falling snow? Yeah? Um, I was stationed in Lemoore up by Fresno, um, 
a few years ago. And, uh, and I was single at that time. And, and I remember um, I, whenever I would know that it was snowing up in the sequoias, because it was a straight shot, straight across the 198 and up into the sequoias, I would take off, boom. And I'd go up there, and there was this little area where now I think back, I'm like, man, it probably wasn't a good idea for me to go alone, <laughs> right? Because nobody would find me. And I'd go, and I'd go off on this little road, chains on my tires, and I'd just go off and walk. And you could hear, it's like the snow would muffle everything. It's kind of like being in a sound room. You know, you can kind of hear your own breath. And you see this, the snow falling, and you hear the crunch, 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 crunch under your feet. And then, but when you sit down and, and just sit still, it does, it's like nothing you will ever experience. It is so serene, so peaceful. And I can tell you that as Christ comes into your life, that although everything around you may be falling apart, you too can be in that place to where it's, it's like the falling snow. It's like being in the midst of something like that to where you just understand, you feel his presence, you know his presence, you know his truth, you know that you are saved, and there's nothing that can take you out of that place, and you are at peace. And there's this peace which surpasses all understanding. And so I want to I make sure you're presented with that gift, with knowing salvation in Christ Jesus. Understanding that sin is what separates us from him. That, but as we confess our sins, that means that we just agree with him that we have sinned and fallen short of his glory. All have sinned, right? There's none righteous, no, not one. But God demonstrated his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, then we shall be saved. That's the greatest gift that I've ever received. I want you to know that this morning too. For some of you, it may just be a reminder, that is the greatest gift that has ever been given to me. This, tr- this time is, is truly festive and joyous in our lives, in my family's lives. It's peaceful because of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Today, God is still reaching out to those who are in the fields of life, tending to their daily needs and bringing good news of great joy to you. He reaches wherever you are. The heavens are still now and will eternally sing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This morning is not just a national holiday, a vacation from work or a day off. It's the day in which hope of being reconciled to God came to this earth, Emmanuel, God with us, and offered salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And this is truly the ultimate and indescribable gift found in Jesus Christ. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So I'm going to pray in closing. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to pray. But I ask that if you understood, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and you would like to receive that gift of being forgiven of God's grace, of eternal life through Jesus Christ, 
And even now, as, as I'm speaking, you can confess that to the Lord. Lord, I have fallen short of your glory. I, conf- I confess that. Humbly confess that before you. I repent. I ask for your forgiveness. Please be my Lord and my Savior. And that will be the ultimate gift that you can receive today. Not given by any man. Even though we have this message of reconciliation, it's God who reconciles man unto himself. Okay? And as, we, as I pray, I, I close in prayer. If you'd like to surrender your life to Christ, then I invite you to do that. I encourage you to, that, to do that. In fact, I beg you to do that. I implore you. Because truly, this could be a wonderful day beyond anything, beyond anyone. And you can know eternal life. I pray that for you this morning. So Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for a gift that was unwrapped in such a way that we could never imagine. You sent your son to this earth for the purpose of seeking and saving the lost. How did you do that? Lord, you, you went to the cross for us. You died on our behalf, a gruesome death. And yet, it pleased the Lord, our God, to crush you. Why? Because it's through the shedding of blood that we can be reconciled unto you for the remission of sins had to, be, had to come with the shedding of blood. So Lord, let us not miss, let us not look past this day like as if it, it's just a baby in a manger that we celebrate. No, he was perfect. He was God in the flesh. He was among us. And the gift came about through the gift of the cross rising from the grave three days later and ascending to be at the right hand of you, the Father. And today, calls on all men and offers the gift of salvation. I pray, Lord, that at this moment that you turn hearts toward you, that you remind us of the significance of this day, and you help us to look back on this day as a day in which we received that, that gift. And we gave our lives to you. And in turn, you gave us life eternal. Praise you, Father. We love you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.